Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Megan. And I'm Shannon. You're listening to Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. On this crisp Friday, we'll be analyzing biopics and Hollywood's fascination with them. We'll also get a taste of this week in pop culture, including Sonic's redesign, the return of the show You, and 2019's Sexiest Man Alive. And at the end of the show, Megan will give us her review of The King. But first, let's go to Shannon with the pop culture update. Alright, so this week has been quite a roller coaster in pop culture. I definitely, I definitely gasped more than once at a check-in Twitter moments this week, so let's roll into it. Uh, in TVs and movie, uh, You, the TV show, is coming back, which is very exciting. It's coming back to Netflix on December 26th, very providing exciting. a great way to spend the holidays, if I say so myself. <laughs> uh, the first season of You was such a roller coaster ride, I can't wait to see what they do in the second season. Yeah, I really didn't think there was going to be a second season. I thought it was just going to end that way. It actually wasn't a Netflix original, but Netflix has adopted it for season two, and they're going to be... Oh, I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah. That could always be a little shady. I I think originally it streamed on something, a network like Lifetime or something. That makes a lot of sense. And then Netflix bought it, and it like exploded. Because it definitely did have a Lifetime feel to it. Yeah. But now, like... How's it going to change? I bet it's going to get a lot more, like, intense. Probably. So, the show tweeted, Joe's back, but where? Leaving all viewers with no option but to check their closets in their secret underground (laughs) bookstore rooms in search of that pesky boy. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) And the new season will star um, Penn Badgley, Joe, uh, from Gossip Girl. He played Dan? I don't know. I never watched (laughs) Gossip Girl. Um, And it's introducing a new character called Love Quinn. And she will be played by Victoria Pedretti. Interesting. Her so Love Quinn. Yes, I'm assuming she's gonna play a role of like a journalist of some type, based on how the first oh, season ended. We love that. So I'm very interested to see what they do. Will we get a relationship that you don't feel bad about liking? Between her and <laughs> no, I Joe. Because in the first season, you watch it and you know he's crazy. Oh but like, yeah. You're kind of like, oh, but what if he's not? <laughs> And then, but then, you know, he is. He is. He's very crazy. So I'm crazy. wondering if in season two we'll get a relationship that's, like, actually good. I wonder if it'll still be from his perspective or if they'll switch. Yeah, I wonder. To loves. I want a new man's. Well, me as well. <laughs> Up next, uh, there is going to be a new Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, I think I heard about this. Yes, it's coming out May 15th, 2020. It's called Scoob! Exclamation oh point. And it will show the origin story of the Mystery Inc. gang. So the trailer, I watched it. Looks pretty cute. Um, One of the qualms is Scooby talks a lot, which I'm not used to. Oh, he's not supposed to talk. Yeah, because normally he talks in, like, rut-row, like, syllables. Yeah. (laughs) But in this... this, this adaptation he will be talking in full coherent sentences mm, i don't know how i feel about it, that it's a little off-putting but they might be able to pull it together uh they played avici without you in the trailer which was really emotional so <laughs> i feel like i'm gonna cry but the cast looks great we got zach efron amanda seyfried mark Wahlberg, tracy morgan gina rodriguez and uh frank welker star studded so a lot of big names yeah we'd love to see zach efron I've noticed a big trend in Hollywood is hiring famous actors instead of famous voice actors for yeah, animated that, movies. That's an interesting point. And yeah. So that makes me wonder if they're gonna um, Be good. do justice to the original characters. Yeah, you know, when they're like their um, catchphrases. I, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Yeah, I think it'll be cute. I, I there were some good jokes in the trailer. So that's always a plus. There was a lovely Ikea joke. It was phenomenal. <laughs> so, moving on to movies I'm not so sure about. Um, so, Sonic, uh, there was big audience backlash. I don't know if you remember this, but um, Sonic released a trailer for their 2020 movie, and audiences hated it <laughs> with a passion. And it led the creators to have to hit the drawing board again. But... Uh, there is a newly released trailer and everyone's loving it. Well, that's always good. Yeah, the new trailer dropped November 12th and it has received a lot of love. Audiences are relieved to see a true-to-character portrayal of Sonic. 
There's nothing, like, more embarrassing than releasing a trailer and having to redesign it because <laughs> everyone hates it so much. It's kind of crazy because if they're, they, when you think about it, they did the whole movie like that, so they're going to have to go back and reanimate yeah. <laughs> every single frame, which is insane. That's, yeah. At that point, is it going to be worth the cost? Because I feel like they're going to be underwater with the yeah, cost. Yeah, of... it's also a Sonic movie. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about that? A yeah. movie about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> It looks but okay. <laughs> pretty bad, not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't think it'll be good either way. But I, I agree that the new Sonic does look better, if it's any consolation. Oh. It looks a little less Cats, a little more Detective Pikachu. Oh, so okay. that's good. But it's just crazy how much social media reactions can have nowadays. Like, they literally, yeah. a complete redesign. That's insane. That's crazy. Um, but moving on. Prince Eric has been announced for the live-action Little Mermaid movie. Uh, Sadly, it's still not Harry Styles. So sad. I'm still not over that. I'm still hurt by that. But Jonah Howard King has been cast in the role. But many people are not happy. because He's cute, though. He's cute. No, he's so cute. But people are unhappy that he's not a well-known actor, and they were kind of expecting... Oh, my God. That's such a stupid complaint. Because you want to keep Prince Eric young, because... You know, it, they're two Ariel and um or Ariel and uh and Prince Eric are two relatively young Disney characters, so they can't cast someone like older and more well known. Yeah, and he's so cute. He's cu- and you know I think he definitely looks the part, and that's all that matters. He was in uh, a version of Little Women in 2017. I know, I know. So he played Laurie. Of course, he yeah. did. He's so cute. He looks very familiar, but I don't know what I'm getting from it. But I, I love it. I love it. I think he's very cute. But as I said, uh, mass audiences were not happy, including Christian Navarro, who played Tony in 13 Reasons Why. He was oh, yeah. not amused. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> he was, they tweeted, or he posted on his Instagram story that he was upset that a white actor was playing Prince Eric, and he but- then deleted his account. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait a second. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we don't have time to unpack all of that. Um, I think what I'll say is I think this Jonah Howard King kid is going to do a good job. He's cute. He looks like Prince Eric. Um, I think all these complaints are a little bogus. Yeah, I um, think uh, either Christian... Either way, I probably won't see the movie. I am probably going to see it. I'm curious to see how it is. But I think Christian, he's standing on, you know, shaky ground. Because just because they casted an uh, African-American Ariel doesn't mean they have to cast yeah, a black I mean, like, I see Prince the, Eric. I see his point, but, like, they can't... Uh, like, he interpreted the in situation In this political wrong. climate, you can't... Uh, can't have everything you can't expect too much christian sorry i hate to say it maybe re-download instagram and see what happens i don't know (laughs) um i'm excited to see it so moving on to some celeb news there's a harry styles update because this is the harry styles fan podcast (laughs) so just a quick little one he announced his tour for his album fine line it's called Love on Tour. Why? Because he's precious. That's why. <laughs> it starts in the UK in April, and he will eventually head over to North America. Can't uh, wait. My friend Danielle already had tickets on Wednesday because <gasps> her mom is a double VIP member for Harry tickets. What? So she gets, like, first, first access. Shout out Danielle. That's I know. Smaller. She said some of the front balcony seats were, like, 800. You're so, kidding. So... I will not be able to afford to go to this concert. Oh my god. All right, let's look up some tickets right now for my own personal benefit. Yes, tickets actually came out today for general general sale. Oh my goodness gracious. You know, a fun little anecdote about Harry Styles and me and Shannon. You know... On his last tour a couple years oh. ago, we, we were like, wow, we really love Harry Styles, wish we could go. So we looked at the tickets and found, like, $16 nosebleed tickets. Like, behind the stage. Behind like, the stage, like, high, high up in TV TD. Garden. The worst seats possible. They were $16, we were hype, and then we just didn't go. And then everything went wrong, and we couldn't go anymore. Yeah, we could just not go. So. And then Liana, our friend, was going to go instead of Megan, but her toenail fell off, and it was a big deal. <laughs> At the end of the day, we couldn't go. So, so I tragedy. Am really trying to go now. I am too, we'll but see. if the tickets are upwards of eight hundred dollars, like 
cannot it's go. Really not gonna. We are Ticketmaster is currently down for maintenance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Well, Harry, love ya. <laughs> Can't wait to see you on tour through my friends' phone pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, bad news in celebrity news today. Um. Megan, do you know who Brother Nature is? I do not know who Brother Nature is. So, Brother Nature, or Kevin Pena, is basically... He puts the king into Animal Kingdom. He really... <laughs> <laughs> he he began his journey feeding his neighborhood deer. Uh, Camilla was one of them. And he would feed them in his backyard in, like, hilarious commentary. And they would just walk right up to him. They were not afraid. And now he has 2.7 million followers on Instagram. Uh, I've literally never seen animals trust a human so much, and it's like every animal loves him. But he has the deadliest form of malaria. What? Malaria falciparum. And I guess he spent a long period of Africa um, helping animal conservation, specifically giraffes. Oh my god, and that's how he got and malaria? I'm pretty sure. Only the so, good die young, I guess. <laughs> so he's now being treated in the hospital, and he's luckily getting better, but... That's so sad. I was quite worried for him. That's really depressing. I think Brother Nature is making great... He was trying to... He was, like, our present-day Steve Irwin, and he was just <laughs> taken out like that. So That's so sad. He's getting better. He's recovering, so... I hope he gets over his malaria. Brother Nature, take a rest. We, we can... We'll take care of the animals until you're ready <laughs> to get back. But we're eagerly awaiting your return. In the final news of today, singer John Legend was named People's Sexiest Man Alive in 2019. I'm going to be honest, I heard a lot about Sexiest Man Alive this week, but I just never cared enough to check who it was. <laughs> well, no one's mad. We're all just a little confused. I agree. Uh, I am a little confused. First of all, in his photo shoot on the cover of People, he is fully clothed in, in a pool. Which is a new trend in male photography. I know Rami Malek did a photo shoot where he was jumping into a pool in full clothes. Like, that's just a new thing, I guess. I respect it. So, <laughs> is this supposed to be a, um, a ploy to not sexualize men? Cause I don't know. I think it's just, like, a new thing. I, I don't know if there's any I don't any like it. He looks kind of weird. Yeah. No, I agree. I, You know, John Legend, I stan him as a celebrity, but, like sexiest man alive in this like cover he looks very bulky he does like they, his shoulders look too broad like i think they edited him very weird i think he's a like pretty skinny guy so he is he's like he's slim and in this picture i think they tried to like bulk him up for like muscle sake but it just really went awry i agree i think they were like we gotta beef him up sexiest man alive but John tweeted himself that he was perplexed, um, <laughs> perplexed. to be following 2018 sexiest uh, Idris Elba. Uh, and honestly, me too, John. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm also perplexed. I but... can't say I've ever really supported the sexiest man alive trend. They always pick people that I can't say. Wasn't Blake Shelton sexiest? Yes! Blake <laughs> I have some questions Shelton. about that one. Yeah, that's more than perplexing. That's just... Yeah. And also, blowing. David Dobrik won, like, a smaller category of Sexiest Man I did Alive. see that, And yeah. he won over Harry Styles and Jordan Fisher, which I think is a which... bold decision, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're taking personality over looks Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I love to see excellence succeed, so go off, John. Hope Chrissy's well. Yeah, honestly, Hope your kids are well. Yeah. Um, I just wouldn't say I agree with the title, but good for you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> so, that wraps up today and this week in pop culture wow it was it was a full week it was a journey full week um so now we're gonna move to uh this week's topic um bands brains and barack obama mm, my three favorites love of biopics. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's let's start off with um what is a biopic if no one knows who, who's listening so Put simply, it's a biographical movie. You know, a movie um, about a person that lived, and it could be a famous person, a normal person, accomplished, dead, whatever. Um, so, a little bit of history background. Biopics have been around just as long as normal movies. Um, the earliest biopics centered around heroes, mostly. You know, mm. Abraham Lincoln, Jesus, Joan of Arc, you know. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> um, 
And then there was, you know, s- sprinklings of more morally compromised people. So, you know, Rasputin, Napoleon, mm. stuff like that. Stories that everyone knows. Um, but I think it's safe to say early biopics centered mostly on historical figures in, like, the government or, like, people that were really important and did something very important for the world, you know? Yeah. But, you know, as we look at the biopic genre nowadays, it's grown to include more people that did a little less important things for the world. Hmm. Um, definitely still very famous people, notable people, but uh, not Abraham Lincoln, Jesus, or Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the best way to tackle this topic, because it's one that we have a lot of opinions about, Yes, we've split up the biopics into subgenres of like what kind of people the movies are about, and we'll kind of talk about these movies, these subgenres, and um, talk about what we like and what we dislike. Because a, a biopic can go either way. And I have a lot of feelings. Shannon about has these. a lot of feelings. Shannon says biopic. Yeah. Just to let you all know. Sorry, I I'm uncultured. She she she'll never break the habit, no matter what. <laughs> I say GIF instead of GIF too. Yeah, so. sewer. <laughs> um, so let's begin. With one of the more popular subgenres nowadays, music movies. So let's just get this one right let's out of the way. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Bohemian Rhapsody released, yeah. what, was it this year? 2019? No, it was last 2018? year. 2018? Yeah. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody starring Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury and the others as the rest of the band. Yeah. I This movie was my Everest last year. <laughs> Let me, this movie, like, you know how when people climb Everest, they suit up. They get all ready, they're excited, and then they're climbing the mountain, and they're like, oh, wait, this is miserable. (laughs) I hate this. (laughs) I hate this. That was exactly how I felt seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I think, uh, for some context, Bohemian Rhapsody, when that trailer dropped last year, me and Shannon were ecstatic. It engulfed my whole world. We were shook, because that trailer was so good. Yeah. It it, it encapsulated our favorite things. Rami Malek... Freddie Mercury, Queen, the Ben Hardy, Ben Hardy. Oh, we didn't even know about Ben Hardy yet, mm. and um, and we were so excited. And then the movie, the movie drops, and we see it opening night. All of our friends are sick of us because the whole day we're like, oh my god, we're gonna see Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we go, and about 15, 20 minutes in, we both realize we don't Uh-oh. like it yeah. at all. Well, it's. <laughs> I remember my first like. This was my process, okay? The trailer comes out. I watched it upwards of 30 times. I watched it a lot. I was ecstatic for this movie. And then the first trailer with dialogue dropped, and that was a little fishy. <laughs> as soon as I started hearing the lines, I was like, oh. That, no. that was a big reason why we disliked the movie. We should probably give a brief summary of why oh, we yeah. disliked the movie. Uh, starting with dialogue, because just brought it up. Some of the dialogue was the cringiest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, so bad. No, Brian, don't. No, Brian, don't. It was oh, just... another another classic. What's going on, on here? here? <laughs> it was just... It was ridiculous. Some yeah. of the writing and... Oh, you can't forget Midwest USA. Oh, that editing. There is some editing that was very fishy. Very tragic. And I think it won Oscar for, for best editing. editing and which... we were so confused. It was not worthy, yeah, I would say. Yeah, there were so many parts that I was just cringing. It I need so to preface it with the fact that I did see it three times in theaters, and I did buy the DVD, special edition version. And I bought her a behind-the-scenes, like, book. Yeah, a hardcover, thick book. Yeah, like 20 bucks. And I, this movie, like, it's such a love-hate relationship. Because yeah. as a viewer, removed from a critical standpoint, I genuinely, like, I, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. a fun time. And that, like... I can't say I don't understand why people like it. I definitely see why, but from a critical standpoint, there were too many things that irked me so bad that it was just ruined. I watched the movie with three people, three separate times, who all loved it the first time they saw it, and then they watched it with me, and I pointed out everything wrong with it, and they were like, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, removing yourself from the spectacle of loving Freddie Mercury, (laughs) which we all love Freddie Mercury, you know? Who doesn't? But Rami... Rami. I have some words. Yeah, that movie really changed our perspective on Rami Malek. I know. Rami Malek, you know... If you're listening... If you're listening... Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's all. I have some notes <laughs> if you want to get in contact with me. So, continuing on, we could talk about Bohemian Rhapsody for hours. I could. Um, 
Rocket Man just came out mm-hmm. this year. Um, Taron Egerton, or er, Egerton? Oh, I don't know. I think remember. it's Egerton. Taron Egerton, whatever, as Elton John. This movie, very similar to Bohemian Rhapsody and how you thought it was going to go, but then it went in a more musical direction, which, yeah, which was made interesting. It cringier, but also it felt more like it knew what it wanted to be. And they also went for the R, which is good, uh, the restricted rating. Yes. Bohemian Rhapsody went for the PG-13. And that really restricted it. It really did. Yeah, I thought Rocketman, I thoroughly enjoyed Rocketman. Um, I think the musical aspect, like you said, it just adds so much because you have a soundtrack of like, it was just really good. Honky Cat. Yeah, and they they took it to like a, to a level where it wasn't as realistic, but I think those shots of like, Elton floating above the piano and oh, floating yeah. down into the pool. Like, those are shots that were really beautiful. Yeah, I, I support Rocket Man. Soundtrack's so good. The last movie on this list that I've actually watched um, is <laughs> a, a, little, a, little, a little ditty called The Dirt, mm. uh, which is a Netflix released film starring Douglas Booth as Nikki Six, the guitarist of Motley Crue. Now, <laughs> this film, I have to tell you, is quite bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Critically, it is just really awful. But for some reason, I really enjoyed it. I remember you telling me that. I don't know why I enjoyed it so much. I think, and that's this is part of why um, music biopics are so like such a rage. I think like music is so nostalgic. Yeah. So when you connect on that level, then it just makes you enjoy these movies a lot. Yeah, you had a personal connection because your dad... Because my dad is a big Motley Crue fan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, shout out dad. Um, he... <laughs> a little story. He apparently uh, met Motley Crue when he was young because he used to go to all the all the cool clubs where of they course. would play before Classic they were Classic John Paul stuff. Classic. And, and so he'd go and he met Motley Crue and had them sign um, a dog skull. I bet like they loved that. actual dog skull. They loved it, and uh, they signed it. So. Well, I can see why that would elevate your movie experience. <laughs> I personally had quite a distaste for The Dirt. <laughs> and I don't blame you. Yeah. It was, um, there were a few scenes where I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I got excited because, like, it's getting good, and then it just... And then it fell flat. Yeah. I think it, it was just a sad, sad story. I mean, they were all terrible yeah. humans, and um, they They're- didn't hold back from showing you that. They're really all uh, anti-heroes. Anti-heroes, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure they're all still alive. They are. So. Motley Crue, if you're listening, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you remember my dad? Um, so, so the remainder of this list, I mean, there's been a lot of music movies. We have Walk the Line, which is about Johnny Cash, Selena, about Selena, uh-huh. and uh, Jersey Boys. You know, the list goes on and on. So many music biopics. So how do we feel about music biopics? See, I think they make me feel a little uneasy. I That's my final uh, note. I there are just so many different directions you can go with it cuz I know Jersey Boys and Rocketman both musicals. Yeah. Uh, well, Jersey Boys the movie uh was not Oh, it was I a actually musical? did see that movie. It was not a musical. Um it actually took a much darker route. Oh, I didn't like I, it. <laughs> I was unaware of this. Oh, yeah, it's not like the musical. If you like Jersey oh. Boys the musical, the movie is so sad oh you will be depressed that does make me quite sad i've only yeah. seen movie clips online they're like singing sherry having oh, a good yeah, time no. and i was yeah, like they only oh. show you the good part yeah <laughs> it's like uh the movie nowhere boy which is about john oh Lennon. yeah um also that music. one also makes me very sad yeah good casting though yeah aaron taylor johnson shout out and uh so thomas brody sangster, thomas brody sangster. Shout out. yeah so i i would say i support to an extent, you just have to do it right. Yeah, and sometimes it's just not done right. Sometimes they really bank off the fact that these are... Musicians are usually people you have a strong attachment to and you really like. Yeah, and then usually their lives suck pretty hard. And they're like, ah, we don't have to put effort in. Because Pe- people, at the end of the day, people are going to come see a movie about Freddie Mercury. Yeah. You know? like, you're going to get money. Yeah, and they're, they're, you're going to win awards. Yeah, so it's a, it's a that's move. The, that's the pull of a biopic. Yeah. So, moving on, we have... Our next category, scientists and academics. Mm. Um, now, these movies are very different from the music movies. So we have The Theory of Everything, uh, starring Eddie Redmayne as Stephen Hawking. Uh, the Imitation Game, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as Alan Turing. A Beautiful Mind, with Russell Crowe as John Forbes Nash. Uh, I put First Man on here. Oh, my favorite, if you missed last, last week. week's review. So, um, 
I've only seen a couple of these movies. What do you think of science movies? I don't enjoy them because I'm not a big science person. Yeah, so that's a mood. I, I liked what I've seen. I liked A Beautiful Mind and I, First Man was okay. See, A Beautiful Mind I really enjoyed because that was less about the science and more about John Forbes Nash, who was a very interesting person. Um, the Imitation Game I really enjoyed. I mean, um, I think why I enjoy them is because of the historical aspects, because I'm a big history buff, so yeah. I appreciate that. I am not a history buff, <laughs> therefore I must say I am not too amazed with science biopics. Yeah, and I think the rest of uh, audiences would agree with you. Um, they definitely do not get made as much as music mm-hmm. biopics. Um and I, I but at the same time they they still win awards and all that. I feel like a lot of uh, like academy people are more likely to gravitate yeah. towards these kind of movies because they're like, oh, I'm an intellectual. Yeah, I like I know who that the is. imitation game and a beautiful yeah. mind. Like it's very that. Yeah, which yeah, they're yeah. good movies, but like, are they that good? <laughs> See. It's funny that you say you're not a history buff because our next subgenre is historical figures mm. and presidents. Mm-hmm. So, The King, which I will be reviewing, mm-hmm. so we won't talk about that one yet. Uh, Marie Antoinette, starring Kirsten Dunst as Marie Antoinette. Um, Unbroken, Jack O'Connell as Louis Zamperini. Braveheart, Mel Gibson as William Wallace. We have two Barack Obama movies, <laughs> uh, Barry and Southside with You. Uh, Vice just came out recently um, and won several awards at the last Yeah, Oscars it was a lot of nominations. With Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, and then um, we have the famous Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis as Abraham Lincoln. That came out a while ago, but I remember vividly how hyped that got. I feel like most um, biopics are put into... See how I'm trying to remember which one it is so I don't <laughs> sound stupid? Um, biopics are put into like three categories of like audiences love them, audiences hate them and audiences don't know what it is that is so (laughs) true yeah i think and that definitely applies to the historical subgenre because like yeah people know who marie antoinette is but like i don't i don't remember hearing about this movie at all like when it came out i do not recall hearing hype about it yeah it's kind of a it looks really cool the aesthetic looks really nice i think Another an example of one that everyone loves, Braveheart. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. What I think is funny about these movies is that no one really cares whether it's accurate or not. Oh, no one, except for the history, uh, the actual history buffs yeah. watching it, and they're like, but, like uh, normal audiences do not care at all. No, it's about the aesthetic. I might. Why would they care though? Like, it's about mm-hmm. the aesthetic, and it's about that redemption arc, that sweet, sweet redemption arc. All anyone need. wants to see is Jack O'Connell as Louis Zamperini getting released from the prison from the prison and and, you know winning the olympics see that's a big one of my biggest not to drag this dead horse through the mud but let's do it one of my biggest problems with bohemian rhapsody about their (laughs) (laughs) about the redemption arc is like i don't get how everyone loved it because the redemption arc was bad get a redemption arc it was like he has aids oh god all right you got me started i mean okay we, we go in loving Freddie Mercury, but throughout the film, he just comes off as such a jerk. Yeah, and then, so pompous. So pompous. And, like, people, if, if you make that argument, so many people older than you will say, um, but he was, you know, like, a diva or whatever, and you have to be like, yes, yeah, but, but he was also a good person. He was so charismatic that the diva, like, played off his personality, and it made exactly. sense. Exactly, there was a balance there. I mean, you watch interviews, he was a happy person. He was yes. kind to the interviewers. He wasn't, like, so overly dramatic <laughs> that he was like, oh, well, whatever. Like, so like, rude. Speaking of staying, tr- like, accurate to actual history, uh, there's a scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where, you know, we've got a Rami Malek as Freddie, and he's sitting at his little press table with all of his boys. Oh, this is one of my least favorite scenes. And they're asking him questions, like, um, Freddie, like, asking him press questions. And they were all, like, kind of recycled questions he's been asked in the past that clips exist of. And if you go back and watch the clips, the way he answers the questions are in a very, like, happy, friendly demeanor. Yeah. In the film, he's they, just they straight up rude. Terrible. And then that leads back to the redemption arc so they they play him off as this huge jerk and then his redemption is literally just that he had aids yeah they were like oh he's a terrible person he's a terrible person he's a terrible person he hates his family he's rude <laughs> to all of his friends his band is breaking up <laughs> blah, blah 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 
oh, I have AIDS. Oh, oh Freddie, Freddie Mercury. You did it, Freddie. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I don't... And, and you can tell that that's, like, what they were hinging off of with the whole fact that the movie ended at Live Aid. Like, yeah. Like, they were really hinging off of the fact that he had AIDS, which, like, makes no sense to me. That's not the celebration of a life whatsoever. That's, like... It's not. Exploiting his, like, problem. Oh, I don't even... And then he, mm. like, harasses his boyfriend in the film. Who's, like, Paul... Uh, not Paul. Wait. Which one was his... Paul? Was one of the ones who ended up being his lifelong partner until he died. Um, in the uh. film, the way they meet is, like, Freddie just straight up, like, sexually harasses this man. Oh, yeah. And that did not happen in real life from what I've read. See, yeah. So, to, to bring it back to the full conversation... They, <laughs> biopics are not always accurate, and they're always trying to over-dramatize <clears throat> things, which sometimes works, and so, I mean, it makes sense. You have to over-dramatize a story to I adapt mean, it. like, in the case of The Dirt, it makes it so much more entertaining when it's over Definitely, but you have but to, like, respect the, the artist or the person you're trying to portray. Especially and when they're dead. I know, and, like, especially if they're a good person, you can't portray them as bad. Like, I don't... <laughs> no. Oh, I'm looking at you, Brian May. Brian May. <laughs> Brian May is behind the Bohemian Rhapsody tragedy. Just, just wait until we have our Bohemian Rhapsody episode. Oh, you're in for a treat. You just have to skip that one. Yeah. People who are sick of us talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. All so, right. So, um, the last subgenre I have, although there are many, are just like a more miscellaneous, um, a, a miscellaneous subgenre. These are the people that are famous, but like I mentioned earlier, do not. I, they had an impact, but they aren't Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we have I, Tanya about Tanya Harding, The Social Network about Mark Zuckerberg, Dallas Buyers Club about Ron Woodruff, Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, oh, so Catch Me If You Can, Frank Ab- Abagnale Jr., My Friend Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, Ted Bundy. You know, looking at these movies, it's making me realize I like... um biopics a lot more when they're about people I don't know that well. Yeah, see these this list of movies is movies that I loved. Yeah. Biopics I absolutely adored and they're people that like they're they're just very like I don't know the word. Like they're not well known and they're yeah. just like it's just like a you don't know their story. Yeah. Yeah. I like three of the movies on here are like three of my favorites like Catch Me If You Can, Social Network, Wolf of Wall Street. Those are all a tier movies yeah i think it's because they're focusing less on the person and more on like their life and the thing that they did yeah like tanya harding Mm -hmm. i mean there wouldn't be an i tanya without the whole nancy kerrigan bashing her knee in yeah i mean tanya harding had a hard life but it's nothing without the olympics and nancy kerrigan um i think you know when you texted me and you were like we're gonna we're gonna talk about some biopics and i was like because oh. when I think <laughs> biopics, I think, like, the the basic ones that they're, like, so, like, cheeky and, like, on the nose. Like, yeah. like there were so many scenes like that in Bohemian Rhapsody, like, the making We Will Rock You, they may as well, like, turn and wink to the camera. Like Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, they're, it's very much like, oh, we're encapsulating this very important moment in time. Look at me. Oh, this is important. <laughs> Where it's, like... Wolf of Wall Street is like you never knew about this, yeah. And you're gonna watch this three hours later. You're gonna be like, what? You're gonna be like Jordan Belfort. Jordan uh, Belfort. Who knows? <laughs> like, oh, that's just I love that. Yeah. I love these little blips in time, these little slices of life. They're yeah, so good. And I mean, it's a, like a little bit different with the the serial killer movies. Yeah, that's, uh, more of a real life effect on actual people, of course. But um, those are definitely more crowd pleasers because people love serial killers. Oh, because yeah, people love that. Yeah, people love Dateline, sixty minutes, all that. Snapped. Stuff. Snapped. <laughs> that's when she snapped. snapped. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, those are really the best kinds. You have to really appeal to what people like, which is like those down and dirty kind of stories which is why i liked the dirt so much okay um (laughs) you know it's just like these you know real people 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I love I, I love the miscellaneous category. I've yeah. decided. I mean, the, these are some of my favorite movies. The Social Network. So, that's like J- one, my top. call out Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, shout out Jesse oh. Eisenberg. Shout out Andrew Garfield. I see you, Eduardo. Oh, Eduardo, my favorite. I'm so sorry your and shares got depleted so much. We just have to, like, The Social Network, I think what happens in biopics oftentimes is that people forget about the quality of the movie and they're focusing more on, like, the the person and like the story itself but the social network had such good, so good. dialogue so it was, good. It was so, so clever well the screenplay alone clever. so good and it really reflects who mark zuckerberg is and yeah. was at the time like that's he was a college student who you know a little too cocky a little pompous a little pompous and he's like he thinks he's so witty and so all of the dialogue just like really follows that and a lot of our friends are like oh that movie's boring like okay like, but if you're a communications major, so, ooh, like the dialogue's so oh, good. It's so good. Uh, I love the social network. I'm sorry, my Prada's at the cleaners. <laughs> oh my god. So good. Mark Zuckerberg. Ugh, yeah, I could go off. Shout out Mark Zuckerberg. And then the last note I want to make on this subgenre Leonardo DiCaprio stars in two of these movies. Yeah. King of biopics. He really is. So good. He really so is. Good. We love Leo in this household. So, my last point to make on this little uh discussion of biopics we cannot forget about the biopic tv shows Mm -hmm. and once again these are some of my favorites i only have three listed here and these are very recent Mm -hmm. but um so the american crime story series we have the people versus oj simpson and the assassination of gianni versace Mm -hmm. so i only watched the assassination of gianni versace but it was so good and it's going back to the to the idea that people really love a, a murder story. They really do. But it was so good. It was so well made. And it it focused more on Andrew Cunanan, who was played by Darren Criss. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, it, once again, it's a story that you don't know. And that is so interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then my, my last uh, show I have is Fosse Verdon. Um, one of my personal <laughs> favorites. I could go off, but I won't. But, um another person a, a name you know but you don't know the story i mean i've only ever seen the trailers and those alone look oh um, it was beautiful and these are uh i think all three of these are correlated with ryan murphy ryan murphy king absolute incredible television but um right. so that's biopics yeah. um um all right well let's go to megan with her review of the king yeah okay <laughs> a biopic of its own a biopic of its own this week i watched the recent netflix film the king released on november 1st 2019 this period piece stars timothy chalamet joel edgerton and robert pattinson it was directed by michael michaud i don't know how to pronounce his name i'm so sorry david and produced by brad pitt i did not know that among other people but brad pitt was part of it and this film received a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll preface this by saying The King is a pretty layered movie. Um, it was adapted off of several of Shakespeare's plays, including Henry V. Um, and these plays were, of course, adapted from real history. So um, it was based off of the kings of England, Richard II, Henry IV, and Henry V. Um, so these plays were based off history, but they aren't entirely accurate um apparently but henry v is one of the most accurate allegedly um but of course it's over dramatized so yeah the king is a handful let's get into it um timothy chalamet plays the wild and rambunctious henry v better known as hal who has a difficult relationship with his father and does not want to be king (laughs) tensions in the kingdom are rising as the english just defeated the scottish in battle but the french seem to be next on their list Unfortunately, Hal's father dies, and he is forced to make a very hard decision. A lot of Shakespeare's plays are very similar. Like, reading this, I'm like, oh, this is kind of similar to Hamlet. Yeah. Which is, I only made that connection because I was like, this sounds like The Lion King. (laughs) This sounds like The Lion King. Timothy Chalamet is, um, Simba. Hal could wait to be king. Yeah, he could. Oh, that's true. That's true. It is kind of the opposite in that. So let's, let's get into some things. Let's talk about how it's a period piece. Yeah. So, I always think it's kind of hard for movies that take place in the medieval times to be okay. Um, it's hard to balance, like, being campy with, like, you know, sword fights and princesses and, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then 
you know, not being too boring because, you know, there wasn't much going on then. Yeah. Um, I definitely think this film was more on the dull side, unfortunately. Um, it did have some moments of excitement with, like, the battles and, like, the plot itself was interesting at times. Um, but we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, I thought the costumes slapped. I really enjoyed them. Um, maybe it's just the way Timothy Chalamet looked in that red cape with the white fur, but yeah, it was just that very was pleasing to me. It was. Um, and they gave him dope. a lot of, like, interestingly patterned, like, tunics and stuff. All and- the... Some of the costumes did make for a bit of a gaffe with the, yeah. the chainmail suits. Yeah, we'll get back to that. But I thought a lot of the costuming is really good. Um, there was one character, Hal's sister, and there was, like, a, a scene where she was in this dress, but her hair was, like, so long. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, they really <laughs> went for it there. Um, speaking of hair, here's my one note. It was all horrendous, except Robert Pattinson. That's a bold statement. All of it. Horrendous. What about Timothy in the beginning? Oh, no, it was so gross. You know I don't like long hair. Didn't Robert Pattinson have long hair? Yeah, but it was luscious. <laughs> I Timothy's, respect that. Timothy's long hair was, like, dirty. Like, yeah. He probably smelled like rats. <laughs> I mean, so does Robert Pattinson, probably. <laughs> oh, no, he was the dolphin. <laughs> I mean, not him baths. now, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, so... Lastly, in medieval times, there wasn't a lot of flash, like I said. Not much was going on, so there wasn't a lot to show off. Mm. But I will say that this film did a good job capitalizing on the scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, the most natural mm-hmm. elements. Um, there was a lot of really beautiful shots of, like, pink sunsets and flowery fields. And I really liked those. Like, there was a lot of scenes where I, I gasped a little and I was like, yeah. oh, that's so nice. Very nice yeah, scenery. That. Yeah, and it, it interestingly fit into the aesthetic pretty well. I yeah. mean, it had a pretty dark color palette, but I think those pretty shots fit in well. Yeah, for sure. So let's get back to the plot. As I was saying before, I think the plot saved the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big believer that movies that are adapted from books are oftentimes more grounded because they have something to kind of follow. Mm-hmm. And this kind of happened for the king. Um Medieval movies usually focus a ton on, like, gory battles and the flashy moments that they have, but this was really, like, more of an in-depth look at, like, Henry the character. Um, And, of course, it was Shakespeare, so it was dramatic, and dramatic in the best way possible. It was a plot that you wanted to follow, like Mm -hmm. Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet. Like, well, Romeo and Juliet, everyone already knows, but, you know, you want to know what's going to happen. Like, you care about the plot. There's just something about it. Um... So, from the research that I did, there was a lot of complaints about the lack of Shakespeare in the film, and it's true that the dialogue was really split between, like, these really beautiful monologues and, like, really witty, really witty stuff, and then half-baked Hollywood drama, where it's like, oh, yeah, it was just stupid. But, um, like, the plot, I think what Shakespeare was there really benefited. Um, There's so many lines that um timothy chalamet had that were really beautiful and these really beautiful monologues that pulled me back into the movie when i got kind of bored i think if they went too shakespearean like it would have been unwatchable to the majority of people yeah most people wouldn't care yeah because i think some sometimes the shakespeare is what bores people yeah they're like but as as someone that enjoys that stuff i thought it like really grounded it yeah um Timothy Chalamet was made for Shakespeare, in my opinion, I think. Indeed. He, he was made for a stage and those beautiful words. Mm, I bet he's it. a good live actor. Do some oh. Shakespeare plays. Is he? Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know about Timothy, that if you're listening, work on your presence. Timothy, <laughs> if you're listening, are you a good stage actor? <laughs> um, so he, I, let's talk about some standouts. Mm. Um, I'm going to be honest. I had no idea who Joel Edgerton was. And even after I did some research, I still really have no idea who he is. Who did he play? He played Falstaff. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's been in a lot of things. I just, I, I don't know. But despite that, he really stood out to me right from the beginning. As soon as he came on screen, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. who is that? Maybe it's just the magic of his character. But I thought it was really good. I enjoyed his performance. He was someone that I cared about. Like, he was someone that Henry, the character, could trust, and he was someone that... The, the audience could trust so that's always good that's good here's my spiel on timothy chalamet you know i love him <laughs> you know i'm biased i think this is a role that is very different from anything that he's really done before and i think it went pretty well 
I think it went well. It didn't go... It wasn't, like, overwhelmingly amazing. Yeah, it wasn't but... like, oh my god. But, like, yeah. it was pretty solid. Like, I solid. thought he, he really... He fit the role well. Um, his British accent was pretty good for the most part until, like, the end. Yeah. And then he kind of lost it for it some reason. It faltered quite a bit like, towards the end. I made a comment earlier to Shannon about how, like, I think with the Shakespeare lines, it, it flows easier. And yeah. then with, like, those bad lines, it just kind of, like... He goes a little New Yorker. A little yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, goes a little flat. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head with his portrayal of Henry and, like, who Henry's supposed to be. Um, yeah. And, of course, overall, he looked beautiful. Even with his really bad bowl cut. I don't still... think it was terrible. I think you're over It wasn't that bad, but it, it was rough. I think he looked I kind of liked it. You know, he re- he just has that uh that skinny medieval chic. Yeah, he does. You know, I think most people couldn't pull off that haircut, but he does because he's Timothy Chalamet. He's beautiful. Yeah. So now let's let's get to the real breadwinner here, uh, Robert Pattinson. So this man had very little screen time, but whenever he had it, he owned it. Right from his first line, I was enthralled. I was like, who is this guy? What is he trying to do? Like, what is this about? His French accent was both the most wonderful and most horrific thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, The pure insanity in his eyes was just breathtaking, and I adored him. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Rob Pattinson has in store now that he's going to be in Batman. Um, Goodbye, Twilight. He's leaving it behind. Although, there was a line where he said, I will suck your body of all its blood, and I was like, oh. Yeah, and you were like, oh. And And, uh, (laughs) lastly, uh, my standouts, small note for Lily Rose Depp. She had the tiniest bit of screen time possible in this movie, and I think she really killed it. Um, I think her performance was thorough, and I really appreciate it, pr- appreciated it in, like, the midst of all the men. I bet she's been waiting a while to say that to Timothy. Yeah. Just get it off honestly. her chest. <laughs> they are a couple in real life. Yeah. She has a very large forehead. Sorry, Lily <laughs> <laughs> Rose. Yeah, what if she's listening? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Timothy, you're listening. Sorry, we think your girlfriend's beautiful, Timothy. We think Don't listen beautiful. to her. It was the hat they put on her head. <laughs> it just made her forehead look so large. Um. So lastly, let's talk about the disappointments of this film. Like I said, it, it was dull. Mm-hmm. The dark color palette and the simmering plot, it, it just lost me sometimes. It took a long time to develop. Definitely not something you should watch when you're tired. There's so many times yeah. where I was like, maybe I'll just turn it off and take it out yeah it's kind of long too and yeah it's a little over long it's about two hours and 20 minutes which doesn't it didn't need to be that long i usually when i watch a movie i'm like i can't skip any of this i need to watch it all to get the whole experience but there were some parts where i was like where, yeah right. you're like let me just uh, open instagram real yeah. quick. um so next i think i thought the gore was pretty well controlled for uh. a medieval movie um, until, like, the big battle scene, um, it started out okay, and I was, like, almost excited. I was like, oh, this is gonna be, like, pretty good. And then it just got aggressive immediately. Yeah. Like, I was writing notes in a notebook, as I do when I review movies, and I go, oh, battle scene pretty good, pretty impressive. And then immediately the next note is, just kidding, not good, make it stop. I, I was just, like, shook, because, you know, it's, like, the swords and the heads yeah. and the, the limbs the, breaking the, yeah. and... I mean, I kind of knew the gore was going to be that from the very first beheading scene. And I was like, yeah. are they going to do that on camera? Like, it, I suddenly realized. Yeah, it, really, it didn't need to be, be like on that. camera. But, yeah. of course, you know, it's a medieval movie, so they're going to... But it, the effect didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. The um, the child's head beheading oh, looked, that yeah, looked that was, good. That, that looked, looked good. good. That was a pretty good scene. Yeah. Um, so, my, my last... Um, my last disappointment, which is a big one that me and Shannon talked about a lot, was some parts of this movie, like, I think were really supposed to be serious. Like, they were supposed to be things that, like, you actually cared about, but they were so <laughs> funny. And, like, I don't know if they meant to do this, but there was parts where, like, like, they were, Shannon mentioned Chainmail earlier. The characters would, like, be walking around in, like, their, their metal armor, but they would look like like, you know, it's 2019, and yeah. I don't know how to walk in armor. It's so awkward. Like, their knees yeah. are, like... Uh, and they're, like... I Like, you can't see us right now. This is an audio show. Yeah. You can't see, but we're making these, like, jerky, jerky movements. Like, <laughs> it's so, like... It's so funny, because they drop this, like, really deep line, and they're, like... They, like, storm off, but it's, but like, it's, like, them, like... Click, clock, <laughs> click, clock. 
<laughs> it's like the stupidest thing you've ever seen. And um, there's actually quite a few <laughs> examples of this. Um, there's a part near the end where Robert Pattinson is in his in his majestic armor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most majestic you've seen throughout the whole film. And he starts slipping through the mud, <laughs> and it's like that was another part I couldn't tell if you were supposed to like. Laugh I think that or not. part might have been a little like, funny. No one else, like in the movie, they weren't laughing. They were just like, <laughs> like they maybe like, they just uh... felt bad. But like, I started laughing immediately. Like I, I lost it. I was maybe like, just oh my knowing God. that that's Robert Pattinson, like <laughs> it's a big combination of yeah, things. Yeah, it's just like really funny. Um, and then there is <laughs> a line that I loved. Uh, Timothy Chalamet screams. Stop the expletive, charade. <laughs> he really said charade. Charade. And maybe that's how British people say charade, but I just lost my mind. I want to pretend like that was ad libbed. That <laughs> was too. in the script. That was so funny. And then also, um, <laughs> yeah, Henry had a had a Braveheart esque speech uh, during during the battle, and um, that like it, it felt, made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a very wink moment. Yeah, like. Oh, now we're gonna, you know, give a, a battle speech. And I, I'm pretty sure the speech started out as like, oh, do you think that I'm gonna give you a speech? Because well, <laughs> I'm not. And then, and then for it was the like, next five kidding. minutes, it, it was a speech. It was a very, like, Independence Day moment. Like, yeah. all right, we're doing that. And he, like, was yelling. And, and it, it was weird. Yeah. Because we talk about how beautiful Timothy is, but in that He looked whole, like a four year old. He looked like but... a rat. <laughs> yeah. No I'm glad offense. you thought that too. No I agree. Offense, but he did. Yeah, he looked intense. And I mean, Shredder you, vibes. It's not about how he's supposed to look. You know, the, we're obviously just teenage uh... girls. But like, because it's more about what he's saying, you know, the message and like. But like a big part of acting is your facial, like, expression. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't write this down, but. In the notes that I was writing when I was reviewing it, um, I wrote something along the lines of, a shot of someone drooling has never been cute. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of, that relates to this, where it's like, you try and, directors try and put in these shots of people looking like, so disgusting in the throes of their passion, and it's like, oh, well they don't, they're so passionate about this moment that they don't care about how they look, and I'm like that makes sense but it's a movie yeah and why are you drooling yeah <laughs> so that's gross. my question i think timothy does um solemn sad a lot better than like oh definitely uh, you know passionately passionate sad. Sad, when he yeah. looks into a fire and cries that's his best <laughs> peak call acting. me by your name um so yeah i mean here's my conclusion overall the king had some bright spots that can easily be attributed to william shakespeare and robert pattinson instead of the actual film I enjoyed the cinematography and most of the acting, but in the end, I was somewhat bored for the majority of the time. Mm. To prove this point, I cannot tell you more than three of the characters' names. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, um, this movie is receiving a 2.4 out of 5 stars. Wow. That's so, rough. before we go, I would just like to point out, um, that the Flick Chicks now has an Instagram account. Yes. Um, the handle is at ECFlickChicks, and on that account, we will be posting, uh, updates polls and all your flick chick needs all your flick chick needs it'll be very cute so we definitely uh suggest you go give us a follow it's a good way to get some feedback yeah stay updated <laughs> if you hate our opinions slide, in, <laughs> slide in our DMs. let us know yeah let us know let me know how you feel about bohemian rhapsody <laughs> do i want to know <laughs> all right so tune in next week when we reminisce over our favorite family movies just in time for thanksgiving We'll be here on Friday at 2.30. We're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a good night. Take it away, Frankie.